the song is Need to Breathe from their latest album. I don't know why I'm talking like just had a stroke. Um, can you? I want to play the other bumper. Play the Rapture right, bumper. Because right. the one you just played I don't like. We need to delete it. This one's way better. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yep. Broadcasting before and probably after the Rapture. It's the Drew Marshall Show. You see, that's... I'm going to have that on my tombstone. That's going to okay. be written on my... So that way we sound like we're cool or something. Self-deprecating? Yeah, that's it. Fresh off the heels of their new hit single, Hard Love, featuring R&B powerhouse... Andre Day. Andre Day. Grammy-nominated rock group Need to Breathe is coming to Canada May 2017. May 2017. So we're not late on that one like the uh, camp one. Can you believe that? <laughs> anyway, beginning with a stop at uh, the legendary Danforth Music Hall on May 11th. I'll be there. And I'll be there with the uh, the big kahuna from this station. Got to hang out with the boss once in a while, you know. Yeah. Their latest album... Hard Love debuted at number one on the Billboard Top Albums, Top Current Albums, Top Rock Albums, Top Alternative Albums, and Top Polka Fusion Charts. Yes, oh, those guys are awesome. Polka number two Fusion. in the Billboard 200 has amassed over 8 million streams on Spotify. 8 million streams. This South Carolina foursome that Rolling Stone calls an anomaly in pop music will also launch their All the Feels tour on Saturday, September 16th in Memphis, Tennessee's Mud Island Amphitheater and then take the dynamic rock group through iconic American venues, including Colorado's Red Rocks Amphitheater. It's an amazing place. You know, unfortunately, my first experience with that was John Tesh. Oh, really? Mine was you too. San Francisco's The Fillmore, Chicago's House of Blues, nice. and stops at uh, Charleston, South Carolina, of course, because their hometown around the, the neck of the woods. I think it's like Possum Hollow or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably num- right, but I'm just is. thinking, like, didn't, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me broadcast from there? That name from, sounds familiar. I don't know. I don't where know. the number one pickup line is, hey, baby, nice tooth. <laughs> uh, anyway, Bear Reinhardt is on the line with us. He's the lead singer of Grammy-nominated Need to Breathe. Bear, what the heck is going on? Are you in the middle of, like, rehearsals? Are you at a Denny's? What's going on? I'm at, I'm at home, man. I just got home from a run. We're getting ready to go out in a couple of days. You don't run. You're not. A, you're a golfer. No, I'll, I'll slowly die, but I'm. I'm definitely running. Oh yeah. Um, trying to yeah, trying to get ready for these shows. We're playing longer than we normally do. Um, I want to uh, let everyone know that I first found out about you guys because a guy named Danny Goki was on the show. He was from American oh, yeah. Idol. He was a guy with a bunch of different glasses, and he said, "Hey, you want to come to my show in Toronto?" I said, "Sure, I'd love to." So we walked into the. ACC and walk closer and closer and closer and closer. Next thing you know, dude, I'm front row dead center, and it turns out it's a Taylor Swift concert. I've got screaming 16-year-old chicks all around, <laughs> and I look like some kind of creepy security dude. But I didn't – I'm sorry to say this. I didn't know about you guys. And then you came out on stage, and I full-on knew about you guys. And then I went home and creeped on you guys. And I've been actually a fan, like an actual fan, which is just weird. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. Thanks. How do you get invited on a Taylor Swift tour? I mean, I'm not asking personally, because I don't want to do that, but how does that happen? Like, she, she has your CD in her car, or what? Yeah, basically. Yeah, we had some, had some mutual friends, and they said they played her the music, and she really liked it. And, and that was really the call. It was from her saying, hey, do you want to go on the road? I want to make it happen. Um, none of her business people wanted that to happen. Probably made no sense for us to go um, with her exactly. Um, we're really a country band, and we certainly weren't a pop band at the time. So it was just 
uh, it worked out. She was a big fan, and, and she was super nice this whole time, and we learned a lot. Are you handicapped? Uh, well, hold on. I'm not talking about losing your Instagram password for 133 weeks. I'm talking about golf. Do you have a handicap in golf? Uh, not an official one right now, but it's, you know, 10-ish. Ish. Okay. When was the last yeah. time you played a round yeah. of golf? Uh, a week ago. Oh. So you're always out there. You're doing it. What kind of, wait, can we get into clubs? What kind of clubs? We can. I'm, I'm playing some Nike clubs, believe it or not. One of my buddies is this guy, Russell Henley. He's on the tour. Huh. I traded, I traded playing at his wedding for golf clubs and lessons. <laughs> nice, well played. Sweet. Well played. <laughs> yeah, so I've got I got a sweet setup and a great golf coach, professional golf coach who calls me in anytime. But it doesn't help that much. No, doesn't help. Okay, well that's good to know. I was gonna I was gonna go that way, but you know I golf uh, enough to tick off real golfers. One time I reached out and caught my own drive. That's how much I suck at golf. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, the band has a golf tournament, so every year I have to practice like crazy right before it yeah. so I don't embarrass myself. Yeah. Um, me in the game. When you, were, when you were playing football, tell me you weren't a quarterback, please. I wasn't. I was a wide receiver. Good. Thank you. Because I, I knew there was something wrong upstairs with you a little bit, right? Um, and wide receivers, DBs, and punters are all – there's a screw loose somewhere. So <laughs> – that's definitely true about me. I'm not sure that was the cause of it, but I, but um, I don't know what came first. But definitely, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a wide receiver and a punt returner, believe it or not. Night. Well, there you go. See, I just yeah. See, I used to be a punter, so uh, I, you know, I was the last guy that would try to stop you, and I, I never did that. Right. I, I actually left the field after my <laughs> kick. I didn't want to get involved no, in anything. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Is it true, Bear, that your wives? After getting married to you and your 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 brother, just want to clarify that he has his wife, you have your wife. Uh, the next <laughs> the next goal on their list was to go to the Grammys. True story. That is true story. Yeah, they talked about it all the time, and it, took, it only took us you know twelve years. Yeah, and then you didn't even stay for the whole stinking thing. You, you had to hop on a plane to Australia before the Grammys even That's ended. True. That's true. The girls stayed though. Oh, nice. They didn't care about us leaving, <laughs> so they all got to stay and watch the show. Yeah. Okay, I'm just, you're, you're getting up out of the seat. Okay, honey, I'm going to go. I'm just going to, okay, just go. Go already. <laughs> Pretty much how it went, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I watched a couple of interviews that you guys have done, and, and it seems like there's this whole story about this dark patch that you guys went through, and you almost broke up, and you and your brother punched each other out, or whatever. I don't know. There was a giant wedgie competition. Um <laughs> Who was the biggest jerk? Just I want because I know you don't like talking about it, and we're not going to get into who did what and who said what and blah blah blah. But I just want to know who was the biggest jerk, you or your brother? I would say I was the biggest jerk. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tricky question. But I, but yeah, I would say I was the biggest jerk. Okay, um, I was hard to get along with for a long time, and probably still am. But I'm, I'm more gracious about it. Okay, all right. I just, you know, I wanted you to own something because every interview it was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, we're not going to talk about it. And yeah, it was tough and it was dark and we almost broke up. But, you know, every I look, I just want the dirt. That's all I care about. I was in the hospital. I'll tell you that. Whoa. But it could be because I'm the biggest jerk. Whoa. You can't throw that yeah. out and then just Jeez. bail on. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. No, I mean, it was just the end of an ugly time. Okay. It was a. For us, like you know, it, it was a years coming that that got to a, a big fight that let us, thankfully, you know, take some time apart and start figuring it out. Um, hey, how how bad did it hurt getting that tat on your ring f- finger? What is that? An R? Yeah, it is. My wife 
second name, so her maiden name is Mary Reams. So Reams is what it's for. It, man, I, it, it was the best thing I ever did, the easiest thing. I, I actually got it about three years after I'd been married because I was taking my ring off to play guitar, and I, I was always having a problem remembering where it was Uh-oh. and all that. And on, on our anniversary, I went and did that before a show, and I asked the guy, like, how long will it take to do this? He said, 15 minutes. I was like, I got 20. So let's make it happen. And, and um, yeah, it's the best. It didn't, I mean, it didn't hurt at all. And oh. it's it's they're great, yeah. Are you kidding me? It didn't hurt at all. So let me t- hold on. I got to no. show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- the other voice you hear is Tim Tim the Tool. He works the board here. Um, when I got my ring tat on, it's it's a Hebrew word, um, dude. It hurt so bad because I was told the guy said I said is it going to hurt? He goes Nah, it'll be fine. And then afterwards he said <laughs> I lied to you. That's one of the most sensitive areas because it's skin, nerves, and bone. Ain't no fat underneath there. And so I, I winced so hard for so long. The next day I woke up and it felt like somebody hit me on the forehead with a two-by-four and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was just because I was wincing for six hours getting a stupid test. Oh, yeah, well, hold on. Yours was only 20 minutes? It took 15 minutes maybe, tops. And it, I did it right before I went and played a show. It didn't hurt. All right. But I will say, I mean, my, you know, me and my brother had the same. We have a family crest. And we got it at the same time by two different guys. And his, he was crying in pain, and mine was really easy, too. I think I just got the good guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, your brother's, your, or, your, or your brother's a bit of a wimp, and you're a tough guy. Or he's soft. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe that's it. He is a little softer. I've seen a little, a little, little softer belly on him than you. Um, <laughs> all right. Of all the poor kids in the world, because you're now doing all this charity stuff, right? Nicaragua, Uganda, whatever. Which, which poor kids do you care about the most? Hey, which one? Oh man, I care about my son the most. Um, <laughs> how old's hold on? Yeah. How old's how old's your boy? He's almost two years old. And is are you guys getting together and giddying up with another or what? We got we got one on the way. Congratulations! How far along are you? Thank you, thank you. Uh, a couple months. Okay. Oh wait, you're not supposed to say anything then if you're only a couple of months along. It's okay. All right. Wait, is this you didn't just break the news here on the Drew Marshall show, did you? Uh maybe to the maybe to the world. Our friends now, family now. Nice. Folks, you heard exclusive. it here first. It's an exclusive, yeah. I feel like TMZ. Um <laughs> So this family band thing, you and you and your brother, and then you met the other guys when you were like seven, eight years old, or you met uh, hold on, let's just go through the band for a second. Because, I mean look, I like your music yeah. but I haven't creeped on yet. I don't you know, I don't have your posters in my room or anything. Um so you're a bear, your brother is Bo, I'm assuming your parents watched Dukes of Hazard or something. I don't understand. A little bit. It's actually it's actually a football coach, Bear Bryant. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Bo's real name is Bryant. Right. Right. Okay. And um, yeah, yeah. That's it, just as redneck as it can be, um, <laughs> as, as you think it is. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and then Seth is the bass player. Yeah. So hold on, Seth. Seth yeah. is the the pretty boy that it has a similar look to the bass player from the Eagles. Yes. With the nice yeah, teeth, he's a gorgeous, gorgeous man. Yep, he is. Um, and Josh is the one with the Jufro, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And then you have like a floating drummer. We do. We have the same. We've had the same guy for about five years. Um, and he was a intern for us that we didn't know played drums before that. He was a guitar tech, and we called him in to do a demo one day because somebody said he played drums, and he became our next drummer. Is this the guy that plays the uh, same guy that plays like the marimba or whatever it is? It is, yeah, Randall. Yep. <laughs> he also was a drum major in college and has spent his whole life studying drums. Wow. Um, we we found all this out later. 
<laughs> after knowing him for a long time. Seriously? That's awesome. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I had zero clue. I had zero clue. I knew him for two years. And he, he was a guitar tech for me for a year. I didn't know he played drums at all. And we were doing a demo, and I asked somebody in the studio, did you know anybody who played drums? And they said him. And I was like, that that guy, that Randall? Said, yeah. And we got in there, and the guy's like, he's a beast on the drums. So you guys got the next Steve Gadd. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. What is the loudest, biggest band you've ever seen? Would it be Muse? That's the loudest band I've ever seen, for sure. Yeah. Um, because of where I was sitting. I mean, it was like sickening loud, but great. <laughs> I mean, absolutely great. Um, I used to, We used to be into, like, um, me and my brother were into some heavy, like, biohazard and stuff like that when we were in eighth <laughs> and ninth grade. <laughs> Seriously? The heavier the better. Dude, that's like Columbine music, man. It's crazy. It's like heavy, yeah. Well, we, you know, we had to, our dad was a pastor and he made us go to Shoney's every week or Western Sizzlin' or I don't know what kind of restaurant y'all have. Shoney's, yeah, I know Shoney's. Oh, Shoney's, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tim Hortons or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Reach, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that will drive you into, into heavy metal music when you're a kid. Well, I think one of the reasons you went from you know, whatever world you grew up in to heavy metal music is because you grew up being forced to listen to this little number every stinking day. Have a listen to this. Tell me if it rings any bells. Does that ring any bells, Bear? It does. It does. That's pretty disgusting. Like, if I had to grow up with a mother as a piano teacher and I heard that day in and day out, one of the keys would be booby-trapped. That's all I'm saying. So this is crazy, but the circle is, has continued. My mom is now our nanny. What? And she's teaching. Yeah, she's teaching my son Wilder the the piano now again. Oh. At least it's just one kid, not oh, not fifteen. <laughs> um, maybe that was like the, the that was like the hit song in Possum Possumville Possum Valley. Where did you Possum Kingdom Possum Kingdom Possum Kingdom? Yeah, that's whack that you live. See, here's my possum story. I was living in Australia. I was uh, standing outside a building at night with a bunch of my rugby buddies. Uh, it was in the middle of a three-month drought, and all of a sudden it started to rain. And I'm like, guys, it's raining. He's like, dude, it's not raining. No, it's raining. I put my face up to the sky, rain on my face, my mouth, rain in my mouth. and <laughs> No, it was a possum peeing off the roof. <laughs> I've never seen a possum pee. Well, the truth is, I have... No, but the, what they do is when they get scared, they're on the roof. They just pee, and of course, it's so much of it, it just sh goes shooting down the roof and then sprays off. Got it. Like, he wasn't Got standing it. there in his hind legs having a leak off the end of the roof right. or anything. <laughs> That's what I was envisioning, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so son of a preacher, man, you know, there's one night you get into the church late at night, you use all the instruments and the sound gear, you're pl probably blowing tweeters or woofers or whatever, you jam all night long, and then you fall asleep, you wake up like 15 minutes before people are going to start showing up for church. True story? Very true. And it, even worse, I mean, we took the church van all the time, and we would get it, you know, stuck or have a problem and not have it back in time for church, or, you know, take the, we, we take all kinds of the instruments and stuff, to, you know, with us on to gig on the weekend, and not make it back. I would hate yeah. you. We so, were those kids. So you trash the van, you leave Cheetos all over the place, you know, just just nastiness, yeah. right? Yeah. 
That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever got? Uh, have you ever approached Russ Taft for an autograph? I have not. <laughs> but if I saw him, I would. <laughs> Can I tell you? I had Phil Kagey book for the show. This is fourteen years ago when I was when I was really Jesusy, and uh, so I got Phil Kagey on and. And, but he can't, he couldn't do it last minute, so his agent calls up and says, "Hey, well, how about Russ Taff?" I said, "Sure." So we got Russ on the show. I had a great conversation. I mean, I Russ has got one of the most uh, sultry whiskey voices for any Jesus singer. I mean, he was part of the Imperials yeah. and he went solo. Just great pipes, phenomenal pipes. And then I saw him play at that. What's that bar in Nashville with the horses on the ceiling? The merry-go-round, uh, merry- not like stuffed dead horses. The, mer- the merry-go-round horses on the ceiling. <laughs> Do you know that I don't one? Know. Okay. Anyway, I, I saw I saw Rust Half. He comes out on stage, and he's reading the lyrics to the song he's singing off a napkin that he just wrote out a few minutes before coming out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> You've never done anything like that, right, Bear? No, never. Would you say your most embarrassing moment in life would be summed up in two words: hammer pants? <laughs> no. You have worse than that? I'm proud of those moments. I'm proud of those moments. Come on. Hammer pants are back, basically. They are not. No. They're not called the same thing, but... No. What are they called now? Do they have a name? I don't know what they're called, but they they make the pants that look like hammer pants now. Hammer pants. Um, Okay. I want to know... This is actually the whole reason I I had you on the show today. It's not to promote your... Your music or this big concert coming up in Toronto at the Danforth Music Hall on May 11th. It's to uh, get you to explain to a couple of awkward white Canadian dudes, middle age, what cornhole is. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do y'all call it bags? Bags? Yeah, is that a game that y'all play or no? It might be. <laughs> It depends what you're wearing in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? It's just okay, a different I got it. I got it. No, so it's, yeah, so it's, uh, it's just a board with a hole in it. Oh, you, th- you throw the beanbags into the hole. That's the called cornhole? Yeah. Cornhole. Why is wow. it called cornhole? The corn, what did corn I'm have to do? I'm not sure. Maybe I'm thinking it used to be corn in the bags, not bean. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That's so much better. Oh, man. What is, so... Out of the four of you, Bear, Bo, Pretty Boy, Seth, and Jufro, Josh, out of the four of you, who's the most redneck? Probably Seth or, or me. You're me kidding. and Seth are pretty, well, both of us are pretty redneck, yeah. There's no way somebody that pretty can be that redneck. He's pretty redneck. Wow. I mean, we we formed a band above his dad's garage. Yeah. Um, and his dad still lives in the same place. Um. Uh, yeah, just a like construction worker kind of you know upbringing, middle of nowhere. He we, he lived in the town next to our town, so without a name, you know he he was the oh. he was the country one of all of us. So his town didn't even have a name. Yeah, his his name the name of his town was Wahala. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he's the most redneck. So he just he got married recently. Did he marry his sister, or cousin, or what? Like <laughs> he married up is what he married. Uh. <laughs> uh, and get this, Tim. You know, have you ever gone on to uh, what's that rent a rent a place uh, website? Uh, oh, Airbnb. Airbnb. You ever gone on? I think it's on Airbnb. They've got a tr- a treehouse they rent out in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? That's true. Yeah, he's about to build a few more. But like that's a good example. He built that treehouse with his dad. 
<laughs> cool. They just went out one day. Like, I think we want to build a tree, tree house. And they made this ridiculous thing. And now it's like one of the most popular places to stay in South Carolina. <laughs> oh, wow. I w- Listen, I want to finish this interview just by thanking you uh, for something here. And I don't even know how to word this, so I'm going to stumble through this. Unlike the rest of the interview I was so smooth about. So I know you guys are Jesus guys. and But I didn't know that. That wasn't your stink at the beginning. Like, you didn't... You know what I mean? Like I, I, I discovered you because of your music. I didn't, I didn't find out about you because, you know, you sang Jesus is my boyfriend songs, um, right? And your music is really freaking good, like just tight and solid. And I know you guys work really, really hard in the studio. Every time you go in to lay stuff down, you work really hard at this stuff, and it's obvious, it's evident, it's, uh, and that's why the that's why the label sticks with you, even though you got the. The Jesus thing hanging in the in the background. So I love the the just. Uh, I'm about to use a, a sort of churchy uh, word here, but this incarnational thing. You know, you're just guys. You're just guys. But the way the God stuff comes through in your in your in your thing, that's a good word, is uh, through heart, honest authenticity. That's what I'm trying to say. That's where I where I smell the God stuff is in your authenticity. That's what I want to say. Thank you. No, man, I appreciate that very much. I think that was always the idea. We've, we've screwed it up from time to time. Yeah, you have. Um, to be honest, you know, <laughs> along the way. But I, the, I grew up with a dad as a preacher. I just grew up with, I didn't like church, uh, almost anything, to be honest. I couldn't invite friends to it, I felt like. And I didn't like when Christian artists spoke to audiences, you know, and said weird things like, let's stomp the devil on the head and all this weird like stuff that would freak other people out you, know? you think and i played football in college you know so i had, I had normal friends yeah you know at, coming out of college i was like i don't want to make music that that does that you know so, and, I, and we certainly don't want to say anything that might just to sell records in those environments let's not change that we don't want people seeing us at the club the night before and then seeing us at the festival and not you know seeing something different mm-hmm so that's kind of where that's where the outsiders thing came from. The record of ours, yeah, was really about that. You know, it's about being okay with the fact that maybe some people are not going to do it. We were the first the first big Christian festivals we played honestly went terribly because we had been playing clubs all year. Oh, so we just we didn't say a word. I mean, we had, we were listening to like bands like The Strokes and stuff like that. We didn't we didn't know that's what you were supposed to do. Really, I mean, we grew up around Christian music, but we didn't we just hadn't been playing those type of places. And so when we got in front of the first ten or 15,000 people at one of these, you know, Christian festivals, we didn't understand how much you had to communicate and bring people along. We just played like a rock show, and nobody, you know, 12 people bought a record, and we all, you know, got into a fight after it was over. Because um, we thought it was there, you know, it was because you played that wrong chord, they didn't like us, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's when we kind of, that's when the Outsiders thing kind of happened, and we had to realize, I think, really start to be okay with that. Hmm. Well, the impact of just that song, The Outsiders, has made such an impact on on me that I've actually used that in my show uh, quite regularly. Killer um, man, thank you. Well, it's just a little creepy that I that I am, I'm turning into a fanboy here. It's just weird. Anyway, um, so I guess what I what I want to say is thank you for not putting your music on cassette tapes and then you know allowing us to record over them like you, somebody used to with Sandy Patty tapes. Who the heck did that? <laughs> All of us did it, but one of the drummer Randall was famous for selling them in school. 
<laughs> so he'd buy, um, he gets the Sandy Patty tapes. Yeah. Record, dude. He would sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And record up Metallica over it. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That's great. You just have to put the little piece of tape over it. Right? Yeah. Remember that? You just have to put the tape over the hole. Yep. 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 Too funny. That's it. Well, listen, um, you know, I, I've spoken to a lot of folks over the years, and, and uh, I can safely say that uh, after hearing your son of a preacher man story, I can I can guarantee you that the way you're rolling would make another son of a preacher guy that I've interviewed on my on my show very proud of, of you guys. Uh, I had Alice Cooper on a few years ago. and Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that guy... He gets what you get, you get what he gets, and you both get it. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Hey, it was really good to talk to you, Bear. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it. And, uh, folks, Danforth Music Hall, May 11th. That's the start of their Canadian, uh, the leg of their Canadian tour. And, of course, they're going to be uh, hitting the road again down in the United States of America. That's our number one online listeners. All the Feels Tour. That starts on Saturday, September 16th in Memphis, Tennessee's Mud Island Amphitheater. You guys are playing some crazy gigs. I hope you got a video crew with you for a lot of this stuff because those are some iconic places, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. We're, we're looking forward to it. Bear, thanks, man. I know you, you know, a lot of media probably drives you nuts, but I really appreciate the time you've given us today. No worries, man. I'm doing it. Thank you for having me. All right, Bear. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bear Reinhardt, lead singer of the Grammy-nominated Need to Breathe. Tickets are on sale for their Canadian tour, which starts in Toronto May 11th, Danforth Music Hall. I'll be the uh, tall, awkward, bald, white guy in the corner doing the white man's overbite. Nice. Short break on the show. We'll be right back. You know I need you here, not in- 